EHH Productions presents KB Cabaret, an original variety show, with your host, Bree Harvey. Hi folks, and welcome to KB Cabaret. My name is Bree Harvey, head writer and producer of this show. KB Cabaret is a calabaloo of original skits, songs, poetry, and short stories. What's Calabaloo, you ask? Magic from a child's creative imagination. I was five when I coined that word, and it's been with my family ever since. The settings originate from my hometown, Parlor City. And the stories originate from people who are a product of fiction. Names, characters, places, and incidents either are products of the author's imagination or are used fictitiously. Any resemblance to actual events, locales, or persons living or dead is entirely coincidental. Thank you, Kate. That, folks, obviously is my lawyer. Starring my friends, the Parlor City Players, Judy McMahon, Kate Murray, Molly Murray, Charles Berman, John Carey, John Montgomery, Bill Murray, and me, your host, Bree Harvey. Welcome to our town. Welcome to Parlor City, where our friends come, come out to play. When neighbors don't leave, they stay and chat a while. Welcome to our town, to KB Cabaret. This week on KB Cabaret, we are pleased to present our special musical guest, Jamie Willard. Welcome to our time to KB Cabaret. Mornings are a special time for me. My rituals are simple. A good cup of coffee, soft classical music, and a little daily feature in our local newspaper called Advice with Granny Ada. Dear Granny Ada, I am a mother of a young woman who is now in her teens. She is 13, to be exact. She is lovely in every way, funny, kind. However, she isolates. She does not have any friends, and when we have company, she goes to her room and watches TV. Her father and I don't understand her behavior. She has such a pretty face. If she lost a few pounds, she even would be attractive. We have plans to go to a family reunion in a month, and her father offered to pay her $500 to lose 20 pounds. Otherwise, we can't go visit the relatives in Minnesota. They wouldn't recognize her with her extra packaging. Well, she refused. Granny Ada, she even went behind my back and ate a bag of potato chips with onion sour cream dip. I have even tried to motivate her by buying her a bunch of beautiful outfits. I laid them on her bed and told her she could fit into them in a month if she tried hard enough. She said she didn't like the clothes and asked me to take them back. Then she stayed in her room all day long. Her father and I are at our wit's end. What is wrong with our little girl? When she was five, she never gave us any problems. She was thin, social, and presentable. What can we do, Granny Ada? Signed, Without a Clue. Dear Clueless, how delightful. Having a lovely daughter and wanting someone else. This would make anyone shut the door on life. 
Do you even realize what you are doing to your daughter? You are telling her, I love you the way you are. Now change. You are telling her she's an embarrassment to mommy and daddy. You are telling her she cannot go visit family members because she looks like Porky Pig. That is what you are telling her. This is what you and your husband need to do, dear. Stop and for the love of Pete, shut up. Leave your poor, confused young girl alone. My advice to you is to look at yourselves in the mirror and find some inner kindness in your abusive souls. Buy her fashionable clothes that fit her and tell her how nice she looks in them. Don't you dare tell her she'll look even better in them when she loses 20 pounds or I'll personally come over and whack you on the head with my umbrella. The trip will be difficult for her to take since you have done such a marvelous job making her feel crummy. But she will notice that the family doesn't care about superficial nonsense. The reunion is for getting all the family members together. End of story, period. You have a lot of work ahead of you, but your daughter is worth the unconditional love. Thank you for writing, honey, and have a nice day. Granny Etta. gentlemen, Parlor City chef extraordinaire Beulah Deschamps, calling on FaceTime from... Girona, Spain, dear. About 45 miles from Barcelona. Really? I thought you were still in Venice. Well, I just arrived in Barcelona two days ago, and Sebastian had some business to do here in Girona, so I came down with him. Sebastian, the film producer you met in Naples? Oh, yes. <laughs> My head is spinning, Beulah. It's hard to keep up with your adventures. Oh, la. Sometimes I can't believe them myself. Girona. That's right. Girona is the medieval town where the hip TV series Game of Thrones was filmed in 2015. Oh, really? That's right. Right now I am standing on the Red Eiffel Bridge looking down at the adorable houses next to the Onyar Riverbank. They are called hanging houses because they are literally suspended over the river. The colors of these homes are just spectacular. Reds, oranges, yellows... Architects from the area painted these buildings in homage to the hues of the buildings in Venice. Huh. But this bridge is also famous. Its builder was Gustav Eiffel, the man who ten years later constructed the Eiffel Tower in 1887. Really? I think I read that somewhere. Well, it is such a treat to be able to come here. The cathedrals on the street are just beautiful. <laughs> There's even a cute little lioness butt that you can kiss in Girona called Leona de Girona. <laughs> According to legend, here you will become welcome and be allowed to always return if you kiss the stone statue's back end. <laughs> she hugs a Romanesque column in Girona. Very cute. The saying in, in 
Catalan goes, No pot ser ve di Gerona chi non facci un petto al cul de la leona. <laughs> and that means... You can't be a neighbor in Girona until you kiss the backside of the lioness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so anyway, all kidding aside, I am around this area because I am visiting the Rocco brothers with Sebastian. The Rocco brothers? Oh, yes, particularly Jordi. He created Food of Anarchy. You're losing me here, Beulah. The three Rocco brothers, Joan, Josep, and Jordi, are legendary here in Girona, and the world, they own and operate El Celar, a revolutionary restaurant based on the eclectic palate and science. Oh, I see. Yes. Well, I went to one of their many restaurants in this area, and I ate this amazing apple tart with green chartreuse. Let me tell you, dear, it was to die for amazing. Geordie loves to experiment in explosion of conventional wisdom of taste. There are ingredients in there that make the flavor pop, and you'd never know it's in there. Like what? Like, well, Geordie said I could share this, like uh, cayenne pepper. In a dessert? Well, think about it. Some people salt their watermelon to bring out the sweet flavor. That's true. I guess you're right. Caramia, are you ready, Beulah? We have a lunch reservation with Jordi, and then we have tickets to see Akara. Oh, yes, Bree. We are going to another festival tonight called Temporada Alta, International Theater Festival. Sebastian's friend is acting in a monologue. I hear it is wonderful. And you understand Catalonian? Well, I took Spanish in high school. I've been doing pretty well so far. Well, let's go, honey. Bye, Bree. And don't forget to put the apple tart recipe on the app. I will, Beulah, and have a good time. Well, folks, another fun-filled, amazing conversation with Beulah Deschamps. I will post the chartreuse apple tart on Beulah's recipe bar. This and all her other recipes are found only on the downloadable apps on our website, kbcabaret.com. That's K-B-K-A-B-A-R-E-T dot com. Is this on? Oh, okay. Hi, this is Mitch the Poodle, and I would like to speak about a very serious issue, pet profiling. Now, this, this is not a joke. Pets are being profiled by the way they look. Today I asked a friend of mine to come to the studio, Duchess. She is a pit bull. Welcome, Duchess. Hi. Duchess, tell the listening audience what happened to you. Well, okay. Um, this took place a few months ago. I was lying down on pavement waiting for Buddy, my guy, he had to go into Sloan's 24-7 convenience store, you know. We ran out of cheese doodles and, and stuff. Oh, cheese doodles. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I love them. Yeah, I love them. 
Oh, sorry, sorry about the sidetrack. Anyway, you said you were laying on the sidewalk. Did you have your leash on? Well, of course. I, I had my leash on. I'm, I'm not a farm animal, you know. Of course not. <laughs> oh. So, um, anyway, um, then uh, this cop comes up to me, and he's, like, giving me the eye. Well, then uh, I give him the eye right back. And then he moves closer to me. Now, now he's in my space, you see. And I, I don't like it. So I stand up and I growl. And that's when he, that's when he shot me. No. Oh. Yeah. He shot me right in the chest. Oh, Duchess, how did you survive? <laughs> no one knows. Oh, All I know is I, I woke up in the vet's office of post-operation. This is such an awful story. <laughs> yeah, Midge. But this ain't an isolated incident. This happens all the time. Dogs like pit bulls and, and rottweilers, they're, they're pet profiled all the time. From, from our looks alone, people are scared of us. I never bit anyone, ever. Most of my friends are lovers, not fighters. But you tell that to a human. Oh, Duchess. Well, maybe people aren't so scared of poodles. But believe me, I have been discriminated all my life. I mean, I'm hyperallergenic, right? But... I'm not allowed inside restaurants. I'm not allowed inside theaters, even when they play a pet movie. The sad fact is that in this country, pet owners spend billions of dollars on their pets for clothing and, and shampoo products, but they don't allow their pets to have a meal with them inside a public setting. Now, in Europe, the pet owners may not dress us up, but you can sit inside a restaurant. The way we are profiled in this country is degrading. Yeah. Hi, Paul. Oh, I, I can't because of the bullet wound. Oh, still hurts. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, well... I would like to thank my good friend, Duchess the Pitbull, for joining me on the show. Thank you, Midge. Thank you, Duchess. Feel better. This is Midge the Poodle, and this is the world as I see it. So you've been listening to a little bit of Jamie Willard's Sacred and Profane, and I'm very happy to have him in studio with me today to discuss his beautiful music. This is a type of music that, just from the title alone, I know that you are an artist, um, because many of your titles have that uh, type of 
sadness and have that extra uh, negative, robust type of titles to it, which I'm used to. We have many artists in my family, including myself. So tell me about this song, Sacred and the Profane. I, after I listened to the song, I drew the conclusion that there was an, an awful lot of contrast in it between the slower melancholy sections and then the more brisk classical sections. And I come up with the title, mm-hmm. just as a contrast. So what I'll, I'm going to suggest to my audience is put on your warm slippers, sit back, put a blanket on, and drink your hot tea and cocoa because you're going to be listening to some wonderful sounds of Jamie Willard.
Okay, are there any other matters that need to be brought to the attention of council before we adjourn the meeting? Ah, the council recognizes the village clerk, Mr. Pitnicker. Yes, Mr. Mayor. We still have to discuss the issue of the homeless man who seems to have taken up residence in the building by moving into the revolving door downstairs. You mean the main revolving door coming in the front of the building? Yes, the main door, sir. Well, this is the first I've heard of it. Oh, no, sir, that's not correct. It was brought up at our last meeting, but since you had to leave to get a Swedish body massage, you tabled it until the next meeting, which is today, right now, sir. Oh, yeah, forgot about that. Uh, do we have any details? Apparently, he's made himself quite at home. Can anyone else tell me anything about the homeless man living in the revolving door downstairs? Anyone? Yes, Councilman Squish. <laughs> I didn't raise my hand. Uh, sorry, you look like you had something to say, Squish. <laughs> what? Squish. <laughs> Why is everyone laughing? Mr. Mayor, the man's name is Homer. Oh! And, up until recently, was found to be living in a file cabinet on the 33rd floor of the old deserted Enron building over on Smith Street. Why did he move? Apparently, he needed more space. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I can see that. File cabinet can get pretty small, you know. Right! The revolving door wasn't being lived in, and it's quite obvious that he's got so much more room to spread out. Uh, where do we stand in the situation right now, Mr. Picknicker? Well, so far, he's shaded off one section, which we believe to be his bedroom, moved in a nice sectional sofa along with a cute little kitchenette in the section just adjacent to that. And, the other day, he had a bathroom installed in the third quadrant. I heard it was real nice. Quartz countertops, rain shower, double vanity. Well, what about the fourth area? 60-inch flat screen with a killer homes theater system. Me and the security guard were watching a little Top Gun with him before heading up to the meeting. Man, I'll tell you, when those jets took off, you could really feel it. We're watching Terminator after the meeting. There's room in there for a DVD collection? Cable. Streams it on Netflix. Oh, Roku, right. Uh, by the way, how are people getting in the building since he's been living in the revolving door? Side entrance, sir. We have someone out there to direct people until we can resolve this issue. Yeah, I wouldn't like it very much if people were walking through my living room all the time. Especially if I didn't know them. Mr. Mayor, I suggest we do our sworn duty to take care of the problem and put this matter to rest so we don't have to keep dealing with it every week. Very well, I agree. I hereby propose a resolution that a sign be installed in front of the revolving door directing people to use the building's side entrance from now on. All those in favor? Aye! Aye. Opposed? Wish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for God's sakes. Resolution passed. Meeting adjourned. Well, now that we got this wrapped up, I need to give myself a few minutes to check out the homeless guy's new bathroom in the revolving door before the movie starts. You got room for one more? I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, it might be a little tight, but yeah, I think we can make it work. Hey, does that kitchenette have a microwave? Sure does. Great. I'll grab a few packets of popcorn from the break room. Hey, meet you down there. So, Jamie, tell me, how did you get started in the music business? You have quite an education, music theory, music, all sorts of degrees, if you will. I was about 13 years old, and I wanted to play guitar. So that Christmas, I got one, and I started lessons with a friend of my mom's daughter who played a bit just got into the basic things like your basic open chords and into strings and that kind of stuff and then i switched
switched to a really good teacher that he was teaching out of a music store. And now this is back in the 70s, too. This is like 75, 76, maybe. Uh, a fellow named Flip Hayes. And we got into music theory and reading music and a lot more of the sophisticated facets of music. And I studied with him for about five years. I got a lot out of it. And then I went to a classical teacher, Paul Sweeney, who I believe is a professor at BCC right now. And I studied with Paul and got a lot of technique from studying with him, playing with my fingers without a pick. I kind of adopted the classical finger style method with the more contemporary and came up with my own blend of finger, right hand finger style. And then I discovered a fellow named Michael Hedges who just blew me away. He was doing a lot of like two hand tapping and crossing his hands and playing percussion on the guitar, which I just, I'd never heard before. So that would, you know, a whole new world to explore, which I did for many years. And just through him and a lot of other guitar players, I think I borrowed Element and come up with some of my own to define my style. All right, so let's talk about uh, Looking Down. So Looking Down, uh, tell me about that. What inspires you? I ever really finished. About 10 years ago, when I really started to delve deep into the finger style world, that was the first song that I successfully finished and was happy with. It was written for a friend who lost their sister. I wrote it for um, this particular person that her sister was down, looking down upon her, smiling and happy, and there was no pain where she was. So that's pretty much the story of that song. I felt that sort of peaceful vibe when I was listening to it, so I think you came across the way I believe you wanted to come across. Let's listen to Looking Down. Again, another... Soulful, beautiful piece by Jamie Willard.
Early morning at home. Good morning, honey. Good morning, Calvin. How- oh my God! What did you do to your face? I shaved. But your beard's gone. I've never seen you like this before. With that bald head of yours, you look like Elmer Fudd, and you know how much I hate him. Oh, thanks. I always enjoy being insulted first thing in the morning. I can't believe this. I don't even recognize you anymore. There's a stranger in my kitchen. Why did you shave off your beard? Well, you see, I was blowing a bubblegum bubble, and it popped all over my beard. Seemed like it was easier to shave the beard off than to scrape all that gum out of it. Bubblegum. Don't give me that. You never chewed bubblegum in your life. That's not the reason you shaved. It's another woman, isn't it? Your beer smelled like another woman, and you didn't want me to get suspicious, right? Well, it didn't work. I am suspicious. Get out of here. Go see your other woman and leave me alone. Honey, you're being ridiculous. Come on, give me a kiss. No. It would be like kissing a stranger, a stranger without a beard. You're the only one around here who kisses strangers. Don't come back until you lose that girlfriend and grow back a beard. Oh man. Later at work. Hey Calvin, how was your? Whoa, holy razor burn! What happened to your beard, man? Your face looks like a newborn baby's butt. Why did you do that? Well, I was blowing a bubble and bubble. <laughs> Good one. Is that your story? You were with Carolyn again, weren't you? She wore too much perfume, and you couldn't get it out of your beard. Am I right? Will you shut up? No one knows about Carolyn, especially my wife. Well, how does your wife like your new face? She hates it. She hates it so much she threw me out of the house this morning. She didn't throw you out of the house because of the beard, you moron. She threw you out because you smelled like Carolyn. But I didn't. It was bubble gum. Calvin, don't keep feeding me that bubble gum crap. Aren't I your best friend? Don't we trust each other with our darkest secrets? Don't we tell everything to each other? Come on, fess up. Your beard smelled like Carolyn, didn't it? No, it was bubble gum. I tell ya. Well, Calvin, you've let me down for the last time. If you can't level with your best friend, well, I just guess we're not best friends anymore. Oh, farewell, old pal. It was great while it lasted. Oh man. Later at the bar. Oh, Carolyn, am I glad to see you? I had a oh, terrible dear. day. <gasps> Calvin, what did you do to your face? Here we go again. I shaved. Calvin, how could you do this to me? You know how much I loved cuddling with your beard next to my face. Now you look like one of those hairless cats, and you know how much they creep me out. Why did you do it? Well, you probably won't believe this, 'cause no one else has today. But I got bubble gum all over it. Bubble gum? You expect me to believe a cock and bull story like that? Bubble gum? You were with another woman, weren't you? Carolyn, you are the other woman. Oh, sure, you lecherous pig. If you're already two-timing your wife, I'm sure you've had no problems three-timing me. We're through, Yul Brynner, Telly Savalas, Daddy Warbucks. Oh man. Well, let's see. How did I do today? I lost my wife, my best friend, my mistress, my dignity, and my self-respect. Not to mention my beard. I want some bubblegum.
Between Two Thieves. It's an intriguing title by itself, but I heard the song before my audience is going to hear it in a, in a, in a second or so. But tell me, just the title itself is intriguing. Basically, the title is about the crucifixion. Ah, what is the story? Is it about the crucifixion or is it just... It's about the crucifixion and the fact that Christ was crucified between two thieves, right. one on the right and right. one on the left. And you put that into song how? By using different dynamics, some very gentle things, and then some very harsh sections. In the beginning, I tried to uh, simulate the nails being driven in That's by slapping the guitar. Uh-huh. See, I love hearing things like that. Just what Every else? song's got a story to it. Yeah, that's that's great, because now, which I, listening audience, you're going to be hearing this song in a, from a whole different perspective. So let me play this wonderful song, Between Two Thieves.
my name is Atlantis, and I am a German shepherd. And I am Arrow, a Saint Bernard. We want to talk to you about a new innovative product that we know you will be so excited about. We have been working on this innovative product for over five years and are finally able to discuss the results with you. We are historically known to save lives every day. But today we're here to tell you about a new discovery that will turn medical findings upside down. Need a prostate exam? A colonoscopy? We've We've got got just the thing for you. It's called a dog scan. Yes, dog scan that will put cat scans in the litter box. That's right. No more lying on the table. No more picture scanning in a tubular machine. No more radio waves. We are here to use the old reliable technology that humans neglected for decades. Our nose. That's right. Our nose has been under your nose forever without you ever realizing its true value. Our sense of smell will save you years of aggravation and financial cost. Not to mention a lot of embarrassing probing and prodding. Once we smell that certain uh, area, you will realize our noses are amazingly accurate. Listen to what our clients have to say. All it took is one sniff and Dog Scan barked and growled. I knew I had to go to the emergency room. That nose saved my life. I was told to get a colonoscopy, but thanks to Dog Scan, one sniff did the trick. I don't need another sniff until next year. Thank you, Dog Scan. You are a true lifesaver. We sniff and we know. All it takes is a little bending over. That is right. We, we are, are the, the Sniffer Upper Whippers. Get your Dog Scan today. And now, another episode of Gladys the Party Girl. Episode The Bachelorette Party. So glad you can do this for me. Yeah, well, uh, Sheila would have been better. Yeah, well, she's in jail. What about Betty Sue? She's undergoing an operation. Fiona? Dead. Surely someone else could have planned your sister's bachelorette party. What about you doing it? I can't do it. I'm catering and decorating the hall and driving the limo. I have enough on my plate. Nope, you're it, Gladys. Besides, you're the best one for the job. Yeah. Everyone else is in the hospital or jail or dead. That's right. Does the bride even know that I'm the one who's going to plan this bachelorette party? No, and let's keep it that way. Why? Um, to, uh, surprise her. Okay. So, um, here's the, um, list. There are only four people. Including me. Yeah, that's right. So make it fun. We need to do this a day before her wedding, three weeks from Saturday. So the surprise party should be on that Friday. Got it? Good. And toodles. I hate weddings. Three weeks later. Oh my gosh. This is going to be so much fun. (laughs) Just go inside. You're gonna be thrilled. It's dark in here. Um, where are the lights, Gladys? Uh, yeah, they're on the right. Got it. There's nobody here. Yeah, uh, well, your mother should be here soon, after her dental appointment. And, uh, I I sort of forgot to call Miranda until last night, so she had made a commitment to volunteering her son's school today. 
But uh, Felipe, he's coming. Felipe? Yeah, Felipe, the pizza guy. Oh, oh, the pizza guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I ordered the pepperoni special. Oh, maybe I shouldn't have told you that. It was the one of the two surprises that I had for you. Oh, that's okay, Gladys. I pretend I didn't hear it. What's this? Oh, yeah, that's、uh, my other surprise. It's a DVD. I I thought we'd watch、uh, the movie、uh, when your mom gets here. The town that dreaded sundown. Yeah, it's an awesome 1976 supernatural vampire slasher movie that takes place in post World War II Arkansas.、It、totally rocks. Yeah, I bet. Oh, that that must be Felipe, the pizza guy. Oh, oh, now we're talking. <laughs> yeah, someone order a pepperoni pizza from oh, Felipe's. Oh, right here, right here. Come inside. I hope that pepperoni's nice and hot. Yeah, the Felipe guarantees our pizzas come hot in your box or it's free. Oh, good. I'm liking this already. Show me how hot. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well,、uh, uh, could you put it down on the table over there? No, no. Why didn't you put that pepperoni in my hand? <laughs> okay. No, 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 no! Not the box. <laughs>、uh, how much? Seventeen fifty. Here's eighteen bucks. Keep the change. Wow. Thanks. Don't mention it. Well, bye. Wait. I'll give you a tip. Come here. Come here. Hey. <laughs> hey, lady. Let go of my pants. Just pull it down so I can see the special. <laughs> Get away from me, lady. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Mind your business, mother, and go back to the dentist. I want my special. You're a wacko, lady. I- I'm reporting you to the police. Mrs. Crandall, here's the slice. Thank you, Gladys, but I have Novocaine in my mouth. Gladys, are you telling me we're we're just gonna sit around with my drugged up mother, eat pizza and, and watch a slasher movie for my bachelorette party? It's a vampire supernatural slasher movie. Oh, don't tell me it's the town that dreaded sundown. Yeah, I love that movie. Move over, honey. <laughs> I I can't believe. You did this to me, Gladys. My bachelor party is ruined. <laughs> Who is it? Police! Open up! I have a complaint from a pizza boy about sexual harassment. Oh, police! Oh, I get it. <laughs> Come in and show me your gun and handcuffs, officer. Woo, 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 woo. Mrs. Crandall, you better go with your daughter. I'll get the bail money. <sighs> I hate parties.
Well, Jamie, finally, we are getting down to the last part of our interview, and we are going to be playing the Prodigal Son. One of the most intriguing of all your songs, one of my favorites, actually, from the four that we are listening to. I like all of them very much. But this has a whole different dimension to it. It's almost like a different guitar player. Right. Well, how did you come out with these sounds from, is it just one guitar you're using on this? Yes. Um, it's a slapping technique I kind of came across where you slap the guitar where the harmonics of the guitar reside, and you get not only the full notes, but you also get all these overtones and harmonics that give it kind of this, like, sparkly sound, along with the driving bass notes mm-hmm. that accompany it. You know, I wanted to make it tell a story of the prodigal son. He runs away, lives a life of decadence, and then comes home. Mm-hmm. The first section, which I believe repeats three times with a variation at the end of each section, and then it falls into a section where it just like drops off the planet and goes into a very soft finger style resolution, I guess you could call it. Mm-hmm. That is fascinating. Now that I'm thinking about the song through my memory, really does capture the, the story in the Bible. All right. Well, before we listen to it, Jamie, I want to thank you so much for being on our show. It's been it's such a pleasure. So many people have told me about you, and I finally listened to another album of yours, Pure of Heart. These songs that we're listening to are from which album? Excelsis Deo. Excelsis Deo. And you have how many albums out? 35. 35 albums, which you will be yep. able to listen to or download or buy from Jamie Willard off of his Facebook page, which we will be linking on to our Facebook page under Musicians. You'll find Jamie Willard's site attached to ours. So click on, make sure you buy a couple of his CDs because truly this is something that you just listen to and it melts into your soul, this type of music. So again, Jamie... <laughs> I'm a writer, and I, I express myself through that. But truly, Jamie, I wouldn't be saying this if it wasn't true. It's been a pleasure. We will lead out with this wonderful song, The Prodigal Son.
Well, folks, that's all for today's show of KB Cabaret. I want to thank you, our wonderful audience, for tuning in. KB Cabaret could not exist without you. I would also like to thank our hardworking actors and writers, Kate Murray, Judy McMahon, Molly Murray, Charles Berman, John Carey, John Montgomery, and Bill Murray. And I'd like to thank our hardworking sound engineer, Charles Berman, and his assistant, Valentine Monfuega. My musical engineer, Dave Rice, and a special shout-out to Christina Danella, my former music engineer, who is now working on Broadway. KB Cabaret is always looking for original musicians and writers. Inquire at kbcabaret.com. And sponsors, we have a special page just for you at kbcabaret.com. Just go on to the sponsors link and hook up. In Parlor City, there are no goodbyes, only farewells. Until next time, this is Bree Harvey. Have a Calabaloo type of day. Thank you for coming, coming to stay a while. Thank you for coming to spend some time. We'd love to have you and share our Parlor City. Back again now to KB Cab.